friends and welcome back to Girl on Fire, the financial independence podcast for independent women. My name is Priya, I'm a chartered accountant and analyst and the creator of Paper Money Co. I'm also a fierce financial feminist and the host of this podcast. I believe that a woman who is in control of her money is in control of her life. Last week in part one, we talked about what stocks are, how to make money from them and what some of the main benefits of investing in the stock market are. This week, in part two, we're going to address some of the biggest risks of investing in the stock market. Now, I'm not sharing that information to scare you or give you any more fear about investing. I'm sharing that knowledge because there are risks involved. I can't change that. But understanding those risks will help you avoid them. And we're also going to be talking about how much you actually need to start investing in the stock market today as well. But before we really get into it, I just want to let you know that I've put together an investing starter guide, which you can get for free on my website, papermoneyco.com. It walks you through the steps you need to take to get yourself and your finances ready for investing. It covers budgeting, emergency funds, managing your credit, and gives you clear step-by-step checklist to get ready for investing. So I highly, highly recommend you go and check that out. So let's dive in and start with the scary stuff, the risks. Now, there are a number of reasons and a number of ways you could lose money when investing in the stock market. And it's something that a lot of people are really afraid of and a risk that they just won't take. If that sounds like you, then please remember that this is a judgment-free zone. There's no judgment here. I was super afraid of the risks of losing money for the longest time. And even though I had educated myself on how the stock market works, I was still afraid. I had learned what the risks were and how to mitigate them. And I knew logically that it was a great way to make some money and build some wealth. I mean, I studied business and finance and economics. I knew the theory and I understood the logic. But when we're afraid, we aren't always thinking logically. It's hard to look past that fear. And it's even harder to do something that we're still afraid of. So it took me a long time to really get deep into investing in the stock market. And it sucks because I know that if I had overcome my fear earlier, I would probably already be a millionaire. But that's not what happened. So here we are. And that doesn't mean that I've missed my opportunity altogether. It just means that I have some catching up to do. So if you've been frozen in fear when it comes to investing like I was, then don't worry. We're going to get you investing in no time. The first step is to learn, and that's exactly what you're doing by listening to Girl on Fire. Okay, so let's talk about risks. One of the biggest risks that I see with stock market investing is that people try to time the market, and this is a huge thing. So in last week's episode, we talked about one of the ways to make money with stocks being capital gains. So buying at a certain price and selling at a higher price. Now, when people try to time the market, they're trying to buy low and sell high in order to make money. They're trying to quote unquote time their trades so that they can make money when the stock price moves in their favor and bail before the stock price drops. Now, here's why that's so risky. Stock prices move all over the place in the short term. Yes, the market moves in an upward trend over time, but it's not a straight line. 
it's a zigzag. So prices are going up and down, up and down all day. And when you're trying to time the market, you're essentially relying on how quickly you can put in a buy or sell trade. And this becomes very risky. It's very easy to lose a lot of money this way. Not only that, but you waste a lot of time glued to a screen hitting refresh and you're not really growing your wealth or living your life. Now, if you were researching companies and choosing to invest in stocks because the company was set up to grow and prosper, that's another story altogether. That's a smarter way of investing and we'll talk about that in future episodes. Something to note is that timing the market is often also called day trading, and I'm sure you've seen that out in the internet wilderness. And it's called day trading because these speculators are buying and then selling securities on the same day. And if you've ever heard myths that the stock market is like gambling, this is why. They're called speculators for a reason. It's all speculation. You're essentially buying something and hoping that the price goes up and that you can sell it at its peak before it declines again. Moving on, another risk of investing in the stock market is that your income isn't guaranteed. Now, think back to 2020 for a minute, at the height of the COVID pandemic when the markets crashed in March. A lot of investors were seeing their capital gains disappear when the market crashed and stock prices fell. Now, remember what I said last week. When you hold the security, your gain or loss is unrealized. But when you sell it, that's when it becomes real. So investors who held onto their stock and didn't sell will recover their wealth. But in the meantime, they don't have any capital gains to cash in and use as income. Not only that, but a lot of companies either stopped paying dividends or paid a much lower dividend. And that's because they weren't able to generate as much profit. So if you are relying on those dividends as your income, guess what? Your income just disappeared. Some companies keep paying consistent dividends even when their profits take a hit. But it's still up to the company to decide whether they pay the dividends or not. So your income isn't guaranteed. And if you are relying on that income to fund your lifestyle, then that's one of the situations where you may have to take on some part-time work or dip into your emergency fund. And if you do use your emergency fund, firstly, don't feel bad. That's why it's there but you will have to replenish it as soon as you can. Next, we have economic risk. Now, this is the risk that the economy can take a downturn or even head straight into recession. This isn't something that generally happens overnight, but it does happen. Economies are a cyclical beast and recessions always come around, but they're also always followed by a boom. Now, economic risk is going to be a bigger deal for older investors who are closer to retirement. You might not have enough time to wait for the market to recover before you retire. And in the worst case scenario, you'd be going back to work for a little while longer. For younger investors, it's a different situation. You have time to wait for the market to recover. I like to think of recessions as a stock market fire sale. A lot of investors do. Because when the economy isn't doing well, stock prices fall, which means that they're on sale. Because we can buy those shares for a price that's below what they're worth. And when the stock price goes up, our wealth increases as we earn capital gains. Then there's market value risk. This is something that happens because of speculation. It happens when the market goes crazy chasing the next hot stock. 
and that moves all the focus to that stock and the price of that stock goes up and up and up. So let's say that company ABC is the next hot stock. And speculators are a lot like seagulls chasing a chip at the beach. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. They flock towards it. They pounce on it. But let's say you don't own stock in company ABC. You own stock in company XYZ instead. Hey, that rhymes. Your investment in company XYZ gets ignored. Nobody wants it. Everyone wants to make money off company ABC. And if there's no demand for company XYZ stock, then the price won't go up. Not only that, but other investors in company XYZ might decide they want a piece of the action. They sell their stock in XYZ to go after the hot stocks instead. This increases the supply of company XYZ stock on the market, which makes the price go down because there's no demand and an increased supply. So this is a sucky thing, but it's something you really have to be aware of. Girls on Fire are smart investors who pick stocks based on company performance instead of day trading. But that doesn't mean all investors are making solid financial choices. Some of them really are like a pack of seagulls coming after your chips. And the last risk I wanted to talk about today is inflationary risk. Now, this one is a little bit different when it comes to investing in stocks. We talked a little bit about inflation in episode two. Inflation is the rise in prices and the decline in purchasing power over time. Think of it as decaying money. So $100 today will buy you $100 worth of stuff. But in order to buy that same stuff 30 years from now, you'll need more money, maybe $120. I'll do a whole episode on inflation in the future, but for now what you need to know is that it eats away at your money. Over time, your money becomes worth less and less, and its purchasing power declines. So inflationary risk isn't necessarily a risk of losing money on the stock market. It's the risk that inflation can increase, which means that your money is worth less. So the overall returns you make get partially eaten up by inflation. Now, this will become super dangerous if you're being super conservative and your returns are so low that they don't keep up with inflation. In that case, you would be losing money. So that's something to be mindful of. This is also the danger of keeping your money locked up tight in savings. If the interest rate you earn on your savings is lower than inflation, then your money is decaying. Okay, so now that we've gone through the risks of investing in the stock market, let's talk about how to actually invest in stocks. But before we continue, I need to ask you, my girls on fire, for a favor. I want you to pause this episode for a minute and head over to Apple Podcasts to leave a rating and a review. Reviews for this podcast are super important. They help other people find us and also really helps me determine whether you're getting any value from these episodes and how I can make them even better. It'll only take you a couple of minutes, but it's really the best way to support this show and it's totally free too. Okay, so how do you start investing in the stock market? First, you need to figure out how much money you have available to invest. Now, that will partially depend on how much it costs you to make the investment and any minimum investment amounts you need to reach. But apart from that, what you need to do is sit down and take a look at your budget. Where do you have money that you can funnel towards investing? Where can you make cuts to find more money to invest? 
Or maybe you've already got some money chilling in a savings account that isn't being used. You could invest some of that, but a word of warning here, do not, under any circumstances, invest your emergency fund. You can't risk losing that money and you might need it at a moment's notice, so don't invest that. Next, stocks are bought and sold on the stock exchange through a broker. They execute the trades with your money and using your instructions. So you need to find a broker that suits your needs. In episode three, I went through the seven key things to look for when choosing a broker. So I recommend you go and check that out. The most important thing to note here is that brokers execute trades with your money. So if you don't 100% trust them with your money, then don't let them touch it. So once you know how much money you have to invest and you've chosen a broker, it's time to choose what stocks you're going to buy. Now, this is not as easy as it sounds. In order to make a well-informed decision, you really have to do your research when you're picking stocks. This is probably one of the biggest downsides of investing in individual stocks. And if you don't know what you're doing, it's very easy to make a bad choice and lose a lot of money. Don't just listen to people on the internet. You need to actually research companies, read their financial statements, and decide whether or not they fit with your investing strategy. Now, to be clear, whatever you decide to invest in, it is super important that you're diversified. We talked about diversification a bit in episode 14. It's the idea of not putting all your eggs in one basket. Don't put all your money in one company. Now, diversification looks different for every investor depending on your goals and your investing strategy but it'll involve investing in different companies of different sizes and in different industries. Now, an easy way to instantly diversify your investments in the stock market is by investing in ETFs, which is what I personally choose to invest in. And we'll be taking a deep dive into ETFs next week. When it comes to how much money you need to be able to start investing in stocks, it's going to depend on what the costs are. Now, this is something we went through in episode four. We went through a few different brokerage options in Australia and what the associated costs are. So any money you have in excess of those fees can be invested. It's also important to note that some brokers require a minimum initial investment amount. I personally use Selfworth for trading. They offer chess-sponsored trades for a flat fee of $9.50 per trade with no commissions and no minimum investments. We talked about chess-sponsored trades in episode 3 as well. I also went through a few of the key things you need to look out for when choosing a broker in episode 4. So if you're thinking about investing in stocks, I highly, highly recommend you check out episodes 3 and 4 as well before you get started. But with no minimum amount and $9.50 per trade, you can get started investing in the stock market with as little as $100 or even less. Before I wrap up this episode, I just want to make a really quick note on how investing in stocks impacts your taxes. So with stocks, you can earn a capital gain or a dividend. When you earn a capital gain, you'll pay capital gains tax on it. In Australia, you'll pay taxes on both capital gains and dividends at your marginal tax rate, and you can claim an offset for capital losses. For my listeners in the US, I'm not super familiar with your tax system, but I believe it's a similar situation. If you want to learn more about it, just email me at priya at papermoneyco.com and I'll see if I can get a US tax expert as a guest on the show. And that's all I have for you girls on fire today. 
My challenge for you this week is to head to papermoneyco.com and get your copy of my investing starter guide if you haven't already done so. It's totally free. You just need to enter in your email address and I'll send it to you. And then I want you to start working through it. It'll give you a plan to follow step by step to get ready to start investing and building real wealth. On next week's episode, we're going to take a deep dive into ETFs, what they are, how they work, and how they can help you reach your financial goals. They're the ultimate lazy person's path to financial independence, and they're what I personally choose to invest in. It's going to be super interesting, so you're definitely not going to want to miss it. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really helps me figure out whether you're enjoying this content and learning from it, or if I'm just sitting here talking to myself week after week. Your feedback helps me improve my content so that the episodes can get better and better. It's also the best way that you can support this show and it's totally free. Leaving reviews helps others find us as well. As always, if you enjoyed this episode or found it interesting, then spread the love and share it with your friends. Bye for now. I'll see you next week.